Enter New R Presents. Happy Hour at the Old Timer Tavern, episode 19, but it's not D&D. This episode was recorded live at twitch.tv slash lanternnoir. Good afternoon and welcome to Happy Hour at the Old Timer Tavern. Uh, my name is Rob, a.k.a. Lantern Noir. Uh, I am one of two amazing hosts uh, for this podca- uh, podcast and live stream. And joining me is my amazing partner in crime. Graybeard of Graybeard Tavern. How was your week, sir? Uh... Pretty good, pretty good. Uh, my masks game over at Indoor Adventures on Thursday night. Uh, my my superhero who finally found his superhero uh, name is uh, he's he's going to be heartbroken, and it's it's going to be awesome because um, the his the playbook I'm playing has a love and a rival. Well, the love and the rival are getting together, and it's it's just it's gonna it's gonna kill him, and it'll be fabulous. Um, that that's how you know you're a committed role player. Like my character is going to hate every moment of this. It's awesome. <laughs> and that's uh, I'll I'll jump right to Sunday morning then, because uh, I'm playing I'm playing Grifflands, and I absolutely hate this character that I'm playing. So I have to like voice him. And he's kind of a bruh. And <laughs> so I spend two hours on Sunday morning playing this character who is just, he has no redeemable qualities. He's hes just, he's just a horrible person. He's, he's literally setting up his brother to be murdered by a movie star, an ex-movie star that he's talked into killing. It's, it's insane and all wound crazy, but... That's Sunday mornings at 10 Eastern Standard Time on my channel. Uh, and uh, and then I'm back to here. We didn't play our Grognard campaign this week uh, because uh, my I had my 28th wedding anniversary Saturday. Woo-hoo! Congratulations. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. What a oh, haul. I mean, um, um, <laughs> hey, you know, I, I, I've oh. never passed up a chance to point out. I read an amazing blog article from someone who said that when you get married, the most you should get is a barbecue with three friends. Yeah. <laughs> the parties come when you hit the 10, the 15, the 25, the 30 year marks. Cause exactly. that's an accomplishment. Yeah. Yep. Um, when, uh, speaking of that real quick, uh, when we had our 10th wedding anniversary, we renewed our vows. We had a Viking Viking ceremony. Oh. And so we had my brother was in the Ren Fairs and and you know we are all D&D nerds. So we literally we had an oath ring which was like five or six medals all wound together and made that my brother forged into a an oath ring and you know we we had traditional garb and and stuff. It was it was a good time. We had axe throwing and spear throwing and stuff and you know we grilled in big fiery pits and and stuff so it was a good time good times awesome well i mean congratulations it's a shame you couldn't game but i think your excuse uh will will survive um welcome neutrino glad to have you hanging out in the chat with us today as we're going to take a serious stroll down memory lane 
Uh, which for my gaming, I kind of did that this week because Friday night I finally broke the seal on Mass Effect Legendary Edition. And Ooh. I have never played one and two. I've oh. only played three, about three quarters of the way through. So I'm like committing that I'm going to get through all three games. Nice. It'll probably take me a year and a half <laughs> since I'm only playing it like two days a week. Right. Um, but I'm going to I'm going to get it. Um, and then Sunday night, my Sunday night campaign, uh, my, my Ghostbusters, mm -hmm. uh, started Curse of Strahd. Oh, that's right. That's and, right. And we did actually get together. Um, and it was a little bit weird, too, because the um, it was kind of cool. I we are cool because Nebula and her husband both play with us. And they've mm -hmm. been playing with us this whole time. But we had two cameras set up at their mm. house. So they each had their own camera window. Um, and they had separate mics. And one of the ongoing challenges has always been, how do we ensure that they aren't picking each other up? Right. Because you get just that slight quarter second delay for the echo. And so yeah. finally, I kind of like, since they moved, I said, you know, how about you figure out a one cam setup? That would be really cool. So we actually have the layout now where there's, there's my, I have my camera spot, there's Adam and Spinny, and then we've got Neb and Azteki in their own, like, wide view like they're seeing oh, at the sides oh, of a oh. table okay yeah, so it's not that you didn't take the wide angle of them and then cut it in half and put it in two i wasn't that crazy but I, okay. I did i did give them their own window to kind of like emphasize these, these they, they come as a matched set nice so it was nice. it was really it was really fun i forgot i forgot what it's like to run a sandbox game <laughs> because like they they go into barovia and i'm like what do you want to do and like what can we do? And I'm like, well, you could go, and then they're they're exploring this, and then like they picked up a quest, and they it's like I could see their quest journal filling in their brains, <laughs> of like, well, we and they really got obsessed with trying to track down like Mad Mary's daughter, like that was like this must be the main plot line we're following. I'm like, no, no, actually, it's a throwaway subplot, but okay, we'll keep pretending it's the main storyline. Sure. <laughs> Twenty-five episodes in, <laughs> they meet Strahd. Oh, oh, is, is that why is we're here? To, yeah, is oh. that what we're doing? And I, I felt, I felt like it was a really bad session. I apologize to the group. One of the players who who's run Curse of Strahd's like, no way, dude, don't don't do that. That was awesome. Don't <laughs> don't beat yourself up. That was awesome. Yeah, you did great. It's okay. Gotcha. So, and then my my Candlekeep game last week. They decided to go off book. Mm, so right. I now I got thrown. I had six. I've had six days to write a whole new storyline for them, mm. completely on my own because of one throwaway comment that one of the characters <laughs> went, "Oh, that's a thing. We all need to explore that thing." <laughs> and me going, "Well, you know, there's a lot of downsides to you exploring that thing. It could go very badly, and this could happen, and you might become trapped. But, but we have to go after the thing." The thing, but it nice. was a throwaway line. It wasn't meant to be serious. You weren't supposed. To... Oh shoot. Okay. I, like you've said, Stephen Lagarde. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know. It, you know. Once, once these adventurers get going on a thing, they they don't let go of that thing, don't you know? They just like they latch on like a badger. I I one time had an adventure where <laughs> I, I said to them. I, I just, just to add some local color, they were out at night, and I'm like, 
you see the, an old fisherman walks past with a burlap bag, you know, on his shoulder, dripping, blah, blah, blah. What? Oh, my God. <laughs> you know, and they just, like, surrounded this old man with this, don't come after me, you know, and he's, <laughs> he's want, running from them. I want to make an insight check to see what he's smuggling in the bag. <laughs> exactly, and then they're running after him, and then they're they're, they're tackling him. And Can I roll investigation like, to see where he's been? Exactly. I cast Hello. Detect Good and Evil. That's exactly where they went with it. Exactly. And I cast like, Detect Magic to see what he's wearing. Man. I'm just an old man. I'm just an And he literally was nothing but, but scene decoration. But but players, particularly back then, that was like second edition. They were paranoid as hell. Yeah, you couldn't you couldn't walk past them with anything. I'm, I mean, I'm to blame partially because I, I had... They were facing a, 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 a family that was trying to become immortals and they all wore rings that they could switch places with each other. And there was nine of them. So I had nine high level characters I had made that they could just switch out. So like they would they would come across the little boy, uh, you know, like a mischievous rogue little boy kind of thing. And they would chase him down an alleyway. And as soon as he would get out of their sight, he would turn into the, the uncle with plate with, you know, the two-handed flaming sword. And so <laughs> they would come around the corner after a little boy and then the <laughs> the knight would be there, the black knight. And then, you know, uh, death and mayhem would ensue. So, um, yeah, <laughs> muddy. We, we, uh, we, we break our players that way. I know, and that's that's why they're so paranoid. <laughs> like the third time an NPC, you know, totally uh, stabs them in the back, they're just like the next person who comes along. They're like, "Tell us your story, man! <laughs> Not one more step, or I'll fireball you." No, no. Do we call that Chekhov's cough? If somebody coughs in the first half an hour of the movie, they're gonna ultimately die. <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> or like uh, falling in love in the series The Walking Dead. If you if you start to care about someone, you're a dead man. Um. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's pretty much you. you, you the, the, and that one was really bad about it. It's like you, there was there was romance, peril, sex scene, death. <laughs> like, and that was the. I mean, that was the. They, they they went back to that arc. Like every third character you could track. Yep. That was their arc. Yep. Um, with the one exception where they went completely off the rails and I stopped watching it because it went romance, sex scene, rape scene, death. Oh, And that yeah. rape scene was the last episode. I think that's the last episode I ever watched of it. Right. I went, right. yeah, I can't. Nope. I'm done now. That one's like, that's, that's too far down the road. I can't do that. Not, not mm-hmm. going to go back there. No. Um, and even with my, my, my Wednesday night group, since they're now in a domain of dread, which, which Van Richten's Guide to Ravenloft came oh, out this morning at midnight um and of course i'm like got woken up by my phone buzzing because Mm. incoming email hey did you know like i don't need to know that right now um (laughs) but 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 but, um i i actually sat down with the players and really did say okay now i need to know your limits like Mm. what are some things that are horrific that i cannot put in front of you and here's i'm taking sexual violence right off the table right now that's gone and then multiple players said take violence against children Mm. off the table yeah and to which i went thank god we're not running curse of strahd yep um <laughs> yeah you just you just run everybody's you know ages up if that was the if that was the case and in certain yeah. situations and whatnot the um uh 
So mid-afternoon today, my phone buzzes and I look at it and it's it's my local brick and mortar store. Mm. And, and I, I like, you know, oh, GB speaking kind of thing. And uh, they were like, hey, I'm calling to let you know we've got your copy of Von Richten's behind the counter waiting for you. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm, which no. I'm, 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 I am not gifted with the site. Hmm. But I have a strange feeling that you and I next Monday are going to say, have you read Von Victor, Von Richter yet? <laughs> and we'll both go, yes. Would you like an excuse to read it more thoroughly? Yes. Should we do a review episode? Exactly. Yes. Um, but yeah, so yeah, the, my Wednesday night game did throw that curveball at me, which has been kind of like a crazy, like, I, okay, I'm going to mess with you guys. And I feel bad because Jesse is the last one to get back to me. She mm. got back to me with like some backstory stuff yesterday, and I've like I've already fleshed out a lot of the main like terror points. So I feel bad that she's getting left out a little bit of the mm. most horrific things. Which now that I've said that out loud, maybe I should feel so bad because mm. I'm right, right. Because yeah. she's being left out. She's being of left the out of having all of her <laughs> emotional pressure points leaned on. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so maybe I should feel so bad about it. Mm. Oh, okay. So we've been putting this off. We, we, I kicked it around early on and we, we said we should, you actually said, nah, let's wait a bit. Um, and it's been a bit. And that was the idea of talking about games that are not Dungeons and Dragons. Games that even though we both have a very strong connection to the D&D rule set and the various editions of D&D, which I think frankly have co pretty consistently gotten better. Um, maybe you might argue fourth edition was a parallel advancement as opposed to a direct <laughs> advancement. Um, it was a, a try. Yeah. They tried. Um, well, you know, yeah, it, it's like unlocking guns in Call of Duty. No one gun is more powerful than another. Mm -hmm. It's just different. Uh, that's how I right. would call fourth compared to third or fifth to a degree. Um, yeah. But we've played lots of other games over the years. And so our thought was that maybe it's time to sit down and start talking about some of these other RPGs. What yeah. has attracted them to, us to them? Um, what we have adopted from them into our D&D play, what we stole from D&D to bring into those particular games because the games kind of needed it. And mm -hmm. then maybe we, you suggested, I think, a historical perspective. Let's get some games out there from our childhood and try to limit ourselves to the good ones. Right. So we're not here for months on end doing this because <laughs> we've got some, some baggage under us. Yeah. Um, and just talk about some of the, the things that we like and didn't like and some of the experiences we had. So do you want to kick us off? Sure. You started uh, ahead of me by a couple of years. So so you had, uh, you had mentioned starting in the 80s. And in, in my brain, I went, oh, yeah, okay, cool. So maybe do them chronological or whatever. And so in my brain, I kind of went, this was 80s. This was 90s. You know, this was 2000s. This mm -hmm. was two two teens and now two twenties um <laughs> kind of thing uh mm -hmm. so i would like to start in the 80s um tsr had put out a slew of games um you know they were riding the coattails of D D, and they you know i mean there was just a landslide of tsr games that came out and they played with a bunch of different systems and stuff too it wasn't like later on when it was D20. Here's everything under the sun for D20. You know, they there was D20 Modern and D20, like when 3 and 3.5 came out. D20 Space, D20, 
ancient Rome. Well, they had the the D20 GURPS book, basically. Mm -hmm. Like, this is the D20 system that you can then apply to any system you might want to play. And now here's a bunch of flavor books. So I had a real hard time with the 80s because, like I said, there was this whole mob of games that came out then. But I, I decided the one I wanted to spotlight is because it's so weird and um it just was one of those well let's just get into it gamma world so it was a post-apocalyptic game and for its time you know it really just it just it changed everything because it was more like it was more like here's a smorgasbord of stuff pick and choose and put it together any way you want there was no classes you you yes. you know kind of picked what you yes. wanted to be and you could be everything from i mean there were literal like, you know dozens of anapomorphic animals you could be who'd been mutated and you could be a human you could be a robot you could be it just was for the time it was like whoa no classes things are skill-based and stuff wow and so i of course played panthro um pretty much from thundercats uh (laughs) a big a big nunchuck wielding panther person um and uh my the adventure i remember the most was where had to be three or four of us died trying to use a med kit because <laughs> because technology if you didn't have the the right technology skills and stuff things you know eh, when you have uh how's the thing go when significantly significantly advanced technology will appear as magic and that's yep. kind of where gamma world was because the world had ended and had been eons and so we found this med kit and we were all beat up and it was after a fight. So we were all half dead anyway. And then we started trying to use the med kit on each other. <laughs> and uh, a gurk dead. <laughs> you know, yeah. Well, I mean, it, it's like I have I have doctor's tools, which means I have a scalpel. I have some chemicals. Yes. Yeah. What do we do to fix the wound? I don't know. Yes. Let's let's spray this in it. Yeah, exactly. Or this is an auto injector. But the. Uh, you know too much um so yeah so when the third one i think it was the third one of us died uh there was only like two of us left and we were like looking at each other like uh we should just throw this away and (laughs) and wander (laughs) off into the desert and so we we like hucked the med pack into the desert and just wandered off um it kind of killed that campaign but like i said literally it, yeah, it was so different and so cool uh, at the time that we 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 had to uh, we had to jump at it. So my my pick for the '80s to look up and try is something like Gamma World. Um, DCC has a game that's like mutants and something else. It's like mutant mutant 
crawl classics or something that kind of has the same feel as the old gamma world it was like 70s sci-fi with an 80s twist you know there's <laughs> magic and science are all mixed together thundar the barbarian style yeah, I remember, like, I think one of the kids in my neighborhood had Gamma World. Hmm. But we weren't, at the time, old enough to fully grok what was going on yeah. with it. Um, and so I remember, like, being really excited by the idea of, like, making a cat person. Uh, but yes. not, like, really. Like, we, we had a hard time figuring out what to do with it at that stage because we were just a little too young. Welcome, third tier. And I saw the die on the Discord, which, by the way, um, if you have not checked out our Discord, we do have a Discord. Uh, you can join. The links are all over the, the Facebook, the, all over the webpage for Lantern Noir um, at twitch.tv. And uh, you can check these out as well. And I have a feeling that the picture doesn't do a great deal of justice. For our perspective of, of to whether it's a good size or not, it looked okay for us. But I, if it feels small, then you need to make them bigger because <laughs> dice dice have a feel, and and they'll they'll know if you're not feeling them right, and then they'll roll for crap. So I see. so hmm. that's where that's going. A density mojo. A density, yes. <laughs> well, just just a perspective. Um, mine. Let's see. For me, I was Dungeons and Dragons up until. I got into high school. So that would have been for me the late 80s. Mm, mm. Um, 80, I started high school in the fall of 88 ah. um, was when I officially went in. And um, one of the guys that I ended up uh, hanging out with and gaming with, um, he goes by Reflector. He's been on a couple of my streams as a, a squad mate. Mm. His, his mother was concerned about Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> So she made him promise that if he played role-playing games, he would not play that one. Mm -hmm. We played everything else under the sun, um, but Dungeons and Dragons. And the one, I get to be the prop guy. Nice. The one that got the most leverage was Robotech, the role-playing game. Mm -hmm. And um, with, this is this used the Palladium, Palladium system, mm -hmm. which we had no appreciation for how bad it was <laughs> um was it mega damage oh yes <laughs> yes structural damage and mega damage and mega damage one point of mega damage was 100 points of structural damage which was meant to represent your giant robots with lasers yep. like they just level buildings yes but they have a, a mechanism for managing shooting each other and up until I think it was fairly late in the run of the the RPG, you mm -hmm. didn't get mega damage weapons for people. Right. Everybody carried standard damage. Yep. Which had already well, been part of their system. Go ahead. And and I think that I think the actual line in the Palladium book for Rifts, maybe it was mm. Rifts. One of them, one of the Palladium games was you can stand and hit an Abrams tank with a baseball bat all day and do no damage. <laughs> oh, it's better than that. Hang on. Hang on. Uh, you're right. You're right. Here it is. Um, ba -ba 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 -ba. Oh, uh, no, there, there is. Now, pounding with all his might against the hall with a baseball bat, the kid is scuffing the daylights out of the paint job. But still does no damage. 
that scuffing the daylights out of the paint job was one of my favorite lines <laughs> in an RPG. We played the, the thing is, despite the mechanical problems with this, mm-hmm. it, um, and they were things like it had a, a dodge system, yes. which sounds really cool. I hit you, I dodge, and you would roll to dodge. Mm-hmm. Um, created combats where it's like, I roll the hit, I roll the dodge, I roll the hit, you roll the dodge. And it's it's almost like the bonk, 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 bonk. Uh-huh. But now it's bonk, swish, bonk, swish, bonk, swish, bonk, swish. <laughs> Um, and it had a a percentage skill-based system. You had a percentage possibility of succeeding on a skill check. Right. But despite those, like, foibles, for our teenage brains, it had enough high action. Yeah. Enough, um, crazy, wacky toys to play with. Oh, my gosh, my character just, just got assigned to this new battle mech. Exactly. Um, which is so cool. And the books, I mean, the artwork is all taken from the original, you know, original art styles, which mm-hmm. again, to the to the American teenager was right. like exotic and crazy and nothing like we'd seen before. Um, it was a really like, I spent a lot of hours playing this game and yeah. writing for it. And I wrote with a D&D mindset. So like when I was in charge of writing the game, there were maps right. and there were encounter tables um and stuff and i even found that's probably about old games i still have in here a printout and it's stuck in the binding even i can't even pull it out of a memo my character wrote requesting that she not be reassigned from the squad <laughs> she was with to whom it may concern two weeks and three days ago i contacted your office to request that my service record be reviewed and evaluation for transfer and then, due to personal reasons I'm unable to disclose this time, I formally request that the former memo be ignored. So, I, I don't remember. Like, I'm racking my brain. Like, what happened that right. my character requested a transfer from the party? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> but something happened. Yeah. And I still have a record of it. So, the, the one of the things with, like... Uh, Palladium and Champions and stuff, there were when (laughs) once the min-maxing began of them, it it was it was kind of not easy, but you could find ways to break the system (laughs) and so my I'm, how to put this I'm a min-maxer for roleplay effect so I when we played Robotech, my guy was all about can't hit me. <laughs> he just you cannot hit me. And and he literally his mech had I wanna say I don't think he had any ranged weapons. All he had was a <laughs> all he had was like a sword. Like like a you know, titanium mega if I if I hit you you lose an arm type type blade, you know. And uh, my my buddy was the like you know me- mega gun massive donk 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 daka daka guy and so the two of us would wor- you know buddy up and work together and and it just that that game was really really fun our our friend um, who was legally blind was running it and and it was just amazing it was just amazing he had such a good perspective on 
on Robotech at the time. You know, he just really brought the show to us and allowed us to, you know, the missiles are whipping past us and my guy is, you know, samurai kung fu whipping through the all them because like you said, roll the dodge dodge you can't hit me dodge you can't hit me dodge you can't hit me <laughs> yeah and that was it was one of those where that was it was a neat mechanic and it it really worked well in um as the sister game that came out around the same time or was available at the same time i should say um yeah. teenage Mutant ninja turtles and other strangeness strangeness which if you thought robotech you could mid-max yourself and break the systems holy jesus Wait, wait till you start figuring out what you can do with all the bio energy you get as like a hamster. Right. Yep. And, um, and other things. And again, the writing in retrospect, the writing in the rule books was just clever. Yeah. Cause it was breaking down things like hummingbird flight. It had a thing that said, <laughs> remember a hummingbird is size one and it has a light hump, a hummingbird at size 10, which is human sized. Sounds like a helicopter taking off <laughs> at size 20. <laughs> and then just kind of like, was, and they just went dot, dot, dot. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and I've actually thought about taking that game out to play with the kids mm. because it's goofy. It's fun. It's lighthearted. The combat system for all of the bonk swish, bonk swish mm-hmm. is really a very easy one to get your head around. Right. You know, right. I hit you. Can I dodge? Try. Yeah, because you've got X percent, you mm-hmm. roll the dice, blah. All, uh, most of those those uh, 1980s systems that TSR was putting out were all percentiles. Yep. So, you know, my buddies would sit and be like, Duh, we can't, you know, once, once you went through the math to tell them, yes, you have a 76% chance to hit, there it is, write that down, then they had it and go, you know. Bonk swish just makes me think of Morrowind. Fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough. Although remember the combat system was D twenty based. In Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, you still roll a D twenty to hit and then a D twenty to dodge and then you had bonuses. Yeah. See, I I only ever sat in on uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles like on because we ran the Gamers Guild and so it was like they were running a campaign and one night one guy didn't show and they were like, hey, we got to see you. Uh huh. We got to see come play. So yeah, nice, awesome, cool. So that kind of I mean that one carries through the first two years of high school. I'll I'll pitch back to you. Do you have another game that's still in that that 80s to 90s transition you want to talk about? Um so uh my um my 90s game is <laughs> I don't know why the goofball ones really stuck with me and and I wanted to talk about them. Paranoia? Oh. Um Paranoia is one of those games again. I think I think my brain was thinking give some love to the games that that either have gone by the wayside or have not, you know, don't have current representation or good current okay. representation. I think that's sort of where my brain was. Cause, cause I mean, like I said, in those, those eighties games, there was boot Hill and, um, you know, traveler and, um, pen dragon, you know, these, these, there's a, there's a million games from the eighties. Cause once, the role play phenomenon began it it rolled but uh but paranoia is a great game where everybody is out 
to get each other, but yes, but yet they're forced to work together. And it's a dystopian society after a nuclear zombie, whatever apocalypse, and you're all living in Alpha Complex. And Alpha Complex is um, run by a massive computer, and the computer asks you things like, uh, you'll walk by a computer terminal, and it'll say, it'll say, happiness is mandatory. Are you happy? <laughs> and, and and you're playing a set of clones so you are like r1 and you got your name well the each character then is a member of a secret society that you're not supposed to tell anybody else about and so <laughs> and so there's all these secret society subplots that are trying to overthrow the the computer or trying to become the computer's best friend or trying to become a computer yourself or you're yep. an anarchist or a communist or whatever and so so yeah paranoia was was really it was a campaign usually never lasted more than three or four weeks because you were constantly shooting each other in the back and and stuff but it was a lot of fun to play like for a weekend you know um, so yeah, that's my my '90s uh, uh, prop up for for gaming. Yeah, it, it sounds a lot like a um, Among Us the RPG, right? Right. You know? Exactly. And uh, welcome, Evine. Glad to have you here. I don't have a points command set up. I don't have a points uh, loyalty point system for the show and the streams. Um, I am switching. I have switched over to Streambot or Streamlabs bot. Uh, for most of my bot functions, uh, of which there aren't that many set up. But um, there is a giveaway later today. Um, I think I have no idea. I've never used the Streamlabs, so if we have enough people, we'll see what happens when we get there and see how it goes uh, to give out some Lantern Noir branded D20 stickers. Uh, yeah, but we'll get to that. And then uh, Neutrino brings to the point that Morrowind was basically a tabletop game on the computer. And I can I can definitely see that. In fact, I think the early video games really drew heavily on that RPG that was getting bigger and growing at the time, uh, yeah. where where we played the most non D and D games. And it's weird because like I grabbed a bunch of stuff off the shelf that I still own books of, and yeah. so many of them are from that era. Mm. Because as I've gotten older, I've picked up a few games, but they haven't really resonated yeah. enough to become games I play a lot. They might have some interesting mechanics hmm. but they're not necessarily games where i um i hold it up and go this game is amazing i love running it every week right um part of that too is the lack of support and that's a whole nother podcast yeah. um but i think if we're going to talk transition i'm going to keep being the guy that talks about the big games sure, dude, that's great that's great so good oh let's, let's yeah bring this one up. yep um and that's the shadow run uh, before I before we delve into the shower, and I'm going to answer that though. Morrowind was released in 2002, but it was draw it drew so much on the previous 10 years of other computer RPGs. So, um, oh crap, what is it? It's the one where you have the four characters. You make them at the beginning. You carry them all the way through. They use the first person view, even though you had your party of portraits at the bottom. Bard's uh, Heroes, Heroes of Might and Magic. The Heroes of or Might and Might Magic. And Magic. Yeah, I think yeah, yeah. it was. I think Heroes was the other game. But there was a lot of those elements that kind of grew into the, and now let's do an open world, I think. But yeah, yeah. Shadowrun, which this is this is first edition. 
Mm-hmm. It still has the original plastic contact paper that I put <laughs> on it uh, to help maintain the cover. And uh-huh. I also found um, I still have character sheets tucked into it. <laughs> I think these are from later years, though. I don't think these oh. were from my high school years because they've got like my friend Robbie has her character sheet in here. And mm. I know she didn't play with me in high school. She was a, a college friend. Nah. So, but I can see where I built my deck uh, using a spreadsheet because you <laughs> had to. Mm-hmm. Um, and this one was kind of neat, and they've kept it over the years. Is the make a giant pile of d6s mm-hmm. and then roll with a target number. Yep. And and so something that had a a low target number, but you could get a lot of dice for you could you could accue a lot of successes. Um, this one blew our minds because it got away from the fantasy tropes. It was right. fantasy, but not. It was that first game we played that was you can do everything like it's like our version of gamma world right there are no classes there are archetypes um there's magic there's guns there's high tech trolls yes (laughs) um absolutely and it was um this was the one that really took over robotech was like our first two years of high school and Mm -hmm. then we got old and edgy we Mm. shifted over to Shadowrun. Where yeah. we were going to, um, like, now we were cool kids because we were no longer freshmen. We're going to play the game with that edge to it where we rob right. people and, you know, we work for corporations, but we really work for ourselves. <laughs> you know, we, we don't worry about, you know, dirty deeds done dirt cheap was cheap. like on repeat in the car yeah. um, and so forth and so on. Mm. Um, did you, you got into Shot Rent at some point, didn't you? Oh, yeah. Um, so, and I, I know I've said this on stream before, but Shadowrun is the greatest game I hate to play. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's, it, I love the aesthetic. I love it, you know, the whole, you know, combination of, of dystopia and fantasy. And, um, it just, like I said, there is nothing in the world better than being a, a, a dwarven, you know, drone jockey. And, you know, you just, you just, you're, you've got a sawed off pump shotgun to, as your backup weapon and you're flying drones and driving a big truck through the, you know, the dystopian landscape. Um, but the, <laughs> the, the, massive uh, get together 40 some d6s and you've got a cooler you know a a kool-aid jug chucked full of dice to to roll them (laughs) and you know then you're picking fives and sixes out um i and then i always forget like how much i hate to play it because it's supposed to be fast it is supposed to be action movie super bang boom pow wow you know kung fu i'm in a physical adept and i i you know chop and i run up the wall and it's supposed to be matrix but it plays so slow (laughs) because you've got to hit you've got to they've got to try to dodge then they get an armor save then you calculate the damage then it um and then yeah, then you mark your damage track. 
look for trauma, you know, or or the, oh you yeah, know, so in many there, things it, to do. It's uh, it's, it's the a crunch. busy game. It's a busy game. Yes. Uh, third tier said that's code for I only like to play it until I remember why I stopped playing it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, and, and the, the first edition was really broken. And if you want to talk about the importance of play testing with RPGs, which I, the modern RPG writers I think have figured out. And even things like saying, oh, you bought Tasha's Cauldron? Yeah, that's not balanced. Yeah. Just so you know. Just because it's right. in there. Like, they're very clear that when a player sits down and says, can I use this thing out of Tasha? Your gut reaction should be no. <laughs> Time! 15-yard penalty! Um. <laughs> no. Oh, that was in response to the comment about a game having a certain dot, dot, dot charm. Mm. Still applies. Still applies. <laughs> um... But they, yeah, and that's, um, but this one, they didn't play test it really well because I remember the, we cast all of our spells at level one mm. because, or at force one. So the, the target for drain was only a one. Right. But your resistances were based off your sorcery attribute. Yeah. So your, your resist, the resistance for the bad guy was always a six, no matter what yeah. level you cast it at. Right, right, right. So, yeah, because because there was no way you were putting less than six into your sorcery if you mm -hmm. were, you know, if you were that um, a spell slinger of any uh, ilk. Yeah, so we, we so. were just, I mean, spellcasters never had to keep track of fatigue because they never didn't soak unless mm -hmm. things got really, really nuts. And the other weird thing about this going to mention right now, uh, when you look at the lore section, which is not as much as you would think it would be for a game like this. Yeah. Uh, if I can find it again, I had my finger in it and I took my finger and I lost it. Um, but there's a lore section that says that in, uh, April 30th of 2021, <laughs> the goblinization began. Bum, 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 bum. Uh, and the game takes place mostly in like the 2050s. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's like, I remember that being that, oh, out in the future, this could happen, you right. know, two weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly oh that's beautiful but there's... Uh, go ahead oh, go ahead uh, i was gonna say so fifth edition came out mm -hmm. my buddy my buddy owns a game shop cafe if you're in the austin area look him up uh <laughs> emerald games and cafe anyway um so he owns a game shop and he wanted to play fifth edition Shadowrun. So I get a surprise package with everything for fifth oh. edition shadow. I mean, I, I mean, a stack. It was a heavy package. It was all the books, you know, and everything, and and a and a uh, uh, what what's it called? Something. It's a program to make characters and and everything because he wanted to play it. it. They have streamlined a lot. It is better than. The ancient ways, but it's still every time you started a combat, it just grinds to a halt. Just grinds to a halt. So um, that's rough. Now, nah. Emerald Tavern. This would be em Emerald Emerald Tavern Games and Cafe. Yes, in Austin. In Austin, so they serve food there too. Yeah, and uh, beers, and and they have board game nights, and and everything, right, right there on premises. While we now, are not sponsored by Emerald Games, we never miss an opportunity <laughs> to shout out our favorite friendly local game stores. Mm -hmm. um, while we do appreciate that sometimes ordering online is easier and faster, 
Um, the bottom line is the best place and your best chances to meet other gamers in your com in your community for face-to-face -face gaming, once we're allowed to start doing that again, um, is going to be at those friendly local game stores. Um, so we absolutely encourage everyone to continue to support them in any way they can. Um, and you'd be amazed at what the owners are going to do um, on your behalf to help you in the hobby. They do things that Amazon just cannot. Like I said, they literally called me today and told me my book was waiting behind the counter for me uh -huh. you know so i you know i adore them and that's uh it's awesome yep and i'll there'll be a there'll be a, the links in the chat there'll be a link in the show notes because i'm doing that now nice. I'm, I'm starting to maintain show notes for us so if you want to check them out you can do that i'm willing to bet they are willing to ship so <laughs> um in fact you know what no i think i'm a oh i wanted to ask you about shadow run i want to look sure, up sure, something sure, sure while right. i'm asking you about it All um right. but the question being uh for when you played shadow run what was your uh what was your favorite character you played Ooh, what was the what um, was your go-to so my go-to was uh dwarven drone jockey of course um uh and yeah and that that's just just kind of a go-to uh, forever i uh i am also always partial to trolls um, but the last character I played was, uh, the heck was his name? It was a play on a book title and I can't remember it, but he was, uh, basically he was a street shaman. Um, and he was like, I think his code name was like gutter snipe or something. <laughs> and he was literally, you know, the hoodie wearing elf who, you know, li lived in the park uh, you know, trying to defend nature, uh, this little small park in the middle of, we were playing in, uh, Detroit. And so it was ah. this like little vestige of like six trees that still stood in, in, in apocalypse Detroit. And, uh, and it was his, his nature realm to defend, uh, kind of thing. So that was my last character, but yeah, I usually, um, particularly I've played I'm gonna say all the Shadowrun RPGs that have come out for computer, and I almost always make you know Greybeard, and he's a dwarf, and he's you know all about the drones and and stuff. So nice. uh, I had so. I started with a Decker. Yeah, I had a Decker. She was uh, she was the woman in the party because every party needs to have some balance. Even back then, I was thinking that, um, and her her uh, street name was Gigo. Ooh, garbage in garbage out <laughs> and I, at the time i thought nice. it was really like i was being really like you know because that's an attitude man if we're doing if you're putting garbage in you're gonna get garbage out you need me so the good stuff goes in yeah um and that was back when i thought deckers were going to be fun to play yes and the the one thing i will say about fifth versus every other edition before it is they finally made the decker mobile in, mm -hmm. in, in every game I had played until fifth, the Decker was the guy. Generally, it would be the 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 uh, rigger, the jo drone jockey, sitting in a, in his truck with the Decker on guard duty, help, you know, to protect the Decker while the Decker was hacked in and, and doing his thing. They finally got past that in fifth and made it all like wireless and weird and they could affect equipment as they are going along and stuff. So it, it right. really, 
they really patched that, if nothing else. Well, because they reckoned, I mean, they, they'd struggled for it. A decker in the context here um, is the, the term they used in that universe for a computer hacker. Mm. And I think it may have been partially to avoid the idea of, of having the word hacker, because this was the 80s. Yeah. And this was a period where everyone was really scared about hackers and everyone getting into computer systems because computers were that new scary thing. Um, and they got the nickname Decker because they used what was called a cyber deck to um, as their their supercomputer they could carry with them. But not just carry with them, plug their brain into. Yeah. And I think I think what I love talking about Shadowrun from the historical point of view was it had cybernetics the idea mm -hmm. that you would you would replace a limb with a robot limb that you could control with your brain mm -hmm. and going that's insane mm -hmm. and then looking over the last 15 years and going yep nope we do that yep we do that that's a thing now and it's not even ones where it's like subtle shoulder movements because that mm -hmm. for like a while that's what how the um, artificial limbs works you made little moves with your shoulder and you could work your your articulated hand but now mm -hmm. they're at the point where they can hardwire your nerves yeah. into it. And it's like, that's not science fiction. Well, the thing that, that was so amazing uh, too back then is I really liked the fact that there was, that magic was real mm -hmm. and there was this, this, this overarching spirituality thing going on too. So like the more cybernetic you became, the less in touch with the magic of the world you were in. So, mm -hmm. so you could be, you know, double mega armed troll, you know, with like dermal plating and, you know, the, uh, these spikes coming out of your skull and, and someone would go charm person and you just have no resistance to magic because your 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 spirituality had been had been so Sucked drained out. by all this physicality yep. it just oh, it was a beautiful beautiful balance i got goosebumps you know well, uh, and so. the rule books were so rich in lore mm -hmm. and side and side jokes mm -hmm. um there was one device you could get if you had cyber ears if you'd had your ears replaced with microphones um, they had an add-on you could buy that was called the Select Sound Filter. <laughs> and the logic was you could, for example, set it to cancel the sounds of your own gun. Mm. So you wouldn't be distracted. Or you could set it All to right. have certain maximum peaks so that you wouldn't be affected by flashbangs. Right. Because you wouldn't hear the bang as loudly. It would yeah. automatically muffle it. And, of course, in a little commentary on the page for it, one yeah. uh, one commenter leaves the, the note that since he since he set his correctly, he hasn't had to deal with a fight with his old lady in weeks. Uh, and, yeah. and, and it's like, OK, that's a that's a joke. It's a clever mm -hmm. one for the circumstance. But that's like the, it, it, you didn't see that in other rule books. Right. Right. For games right. that that level yeah. of like, let's really make the, it was called the Street Samurai Catalog. And it yes. like a catalog. Oh my God. Yes. God. Set it to I play K pop. Still... Well, it, it was meant to filter out. So you could filter out the K pop um, if that's the thing you don't want to be hearing. 
But if I remember correctly, you could have like a jaw phone slash radio oh, yeah. in, mm-hmm. so you could have this implant or the the discs that you could put into your head. So oh, you could the play knowledge music. Soft. Yeah, plug, then, plug the chip in, and suddenly you know everything uh-huh. you need to know because yep. it just interfaces with your memory cortex. I know kung fu. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, and uh, the Matrix does not come out for several years. Exactly, if memory serves. Oh, correct. Um. Yep. So that idea of like, we're just going to download into your brain how to do things. Yeah, that's my first exposure to that as a trope was mm-hmm. uh, Shadowrun. Yeah. Which I think is why it's like such, for me, a formative game um, in a lot of my my um, my enjoyment of modern media mm-hmm. is filtered through that. But we did this in Shadowrun. Yeah. Yep. Uh, kind of things. Up to and including the wonderful trope of there are three guards. Send the chick to talk to them. Oh, really? Yeah, you you said that. Really, guys? Yeah. Really? Well, that's why you made one, right? Uh, no. No, not at all. No. Oh, a little man. bit. I was I was a teenage boy. A little bit. Mm. A little bit. But um. So. And I guess I mean before we get complete out of the period, I got one more book I got to show off. Sure. And that is um. And there's a lot. I don't want to say a lot on it today, but I still have my original. First edition mm. Star Wars. Nice. The RPG. Yeah. Um, West End, if I remember correctly. West right? End Games. Yeah. Still has the character sheets in it. Uh, I have a couple characters still tucked into the folds. Um, it still has a hole in one of the pages from where a bird pooped on it. <laughs> because I was reading it um, at my lifeguarding job. Um, outside, I went out to have lunch. I put the book <laughs> in front of me, and a bird pooped on it while I was reading it. Oh, that's beautiful, man. That's beautiful. Oh, sure. Did I know there's a whole Shadowrun video game series? There is. I've never. I've never delved deep into it. Is it, is it any good? Uh, uh so I, I've. I've. <laughs> it's one of the only RPG games that I have finished. The three or four that are out there, and 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 I buckled down and I fought through them because. Almost every RPG game gets to this point that where they want it to be interactive and they want it to be role play, but it becomes a situation where uh, I got to go get the the bone to give to the dog to get the fish for the cat to give to the chicken hawk you know it, it just it gets this this thing where you're just you're running circles and you have to talk to everyone and you're like no you need to pace this like a movie you know you can't you know you're stretching it out by making me run across town and then run back across town and then once i get the answer i have to go to a third guy and Are there oh but combat the third encounters guy on the way? yeah oh. sometimes sometimes well, but that's what that. i said is there's there's a lot of times in rpgs that that's what kills it for me is that they there's a there will be a long role play section where it's just read 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 lore dump lore dump and i'm like you you're not keeping me you're not keeping me interested here and i i kind of bomb out on but because this was shadow run and i didn't have to do the math um <laughs> it 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 played nice it all of them were really good i i the stories were great um they did a great job of um the interactions and stuff so other than the you know uh, talk quests they they were great so. yeah 
And well, I, I know that it was, as soon as I saw it on Steam, mm -hmm. I bought it. Mm -hmm. I saw it in early access, and I'm like, take my money. Mm -hmm. I think I didn't play very far because I did kind of get overwhelmed with the, oh, this is a lot of walking and talking. Like, <laughs> let me let me see the combat system. Yes. Let me let me kill some let me kill some thugs for a bit and see how this all works. Okay. Um, and then I kind of got I think I got bored with it. Um, I should go back to that at some point. Maybe I'll do like a bonus stream. Yeah. So, as a side note, uh, one of them not by the same company as like I can't remember what they're all called now for some reason. One is like Shadowrun Hong Kong, Shadowrun Berlin. Shadowrun something else and then there was one called Shadowrun Chronicles which was a multiplayer tactical game Ooh. and if you just if you just want a turn-based shoot 'em up to play with your friends and and like I said it's turn-based so it's not you don't have to be you know all you know all twitchy and 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 have have manual dexterity because it's turn-based um it's called shadowrun chronicles and it's it's really really fun to just play with other people and you can make your shadowrun characters into shadowrun characters in there and you go on missions and it, it very much is their storylines and things but they're just encounters kind of strung together with mm. very short interactions with your you Interesting. know with your Johnson, um, <laughs> or Mr. Miss, no, Johnson's in Cyberpunk. Nope, that's right? Shadowrun, Mr. Johnson. It is Shadowrun. Okay, Mr. Johnson. Oh, yeah, because that, that was before the big Johnson became the joke. Mm -hmm. Yes. Which was very disappointing to all of us uh, RPGers yeah. who had been talking about meeting with your Johnson. Exactly, um, exactly. <laughs> and, yeah, that was that was definitely, a, I, think, I think they just wanted to avoid Smith. So yeah. So they went with, like, the next most common right. name. Yeah. And uh, I don't know, somewhere they pissed off the wrong person that that <laughs> did not work out as they had intended. And so, so yeah, so, um, yeah, and so I would recommend that one. If you're just, if you don't want to have all the talking and stuff, play that. You can have, like, five characters, um, five different characters at a time, and they, you know, it is not Shadowrun, because the, the Shadowrun series is literally you put your points in and you buy yep. stuff just like fifth edition chronicles is more of a video game kind of thing where you buy stuff but it's but it's through your class and and it's a little more structured it's and harder linear. to break your character by doing it yes wrong. yeah which is always exactly. the challenge with games that i think they learned over the years is if you didn't put up some guide rails people would make some really horrible choices and then find <laughs> out once they started playing Mm -hmm. And that that creates an unfun experience for people. Yeah, or or the opposite, the min max, where I think it was champions, where you can make Superman for a single for a single character point if you take the right amount of flaws yep. and the right skills. All told, it comes up to a grand total of like one character point and, oh, yeah. and stuff. You know, so there's there's some seriously broken systems out there. But absolutely. But that yeah, Shadowrun carried me through most of high school. Star Wars, we played a pretty good amount in high school. Mm -hmm. um, and as much as I enjoyed the game, I don't think... Enjoyed the time with my friends, I yeah. should say. I don't think the game stuck out as this breakthrough RPG mechanic that was yeah. like 
earth-shatteringly amazing and necessary yeah um for life to continue yeah so um that was wanna... what, what would you bring up next in our collection of games uh, that are not D D but are amazing games from our past so we would uh jump then to that was the 90s so the early 2000s i was introduced to an older game called harn master you've mentioned harn master tell I me more about harn love harn master i love harn master so much um it is it is widely considered the most detailed the most detailed fantasy world ever written it you can <laughs> you can literally uh you can literally go here on a map and they will lead you down a path. If you get the right books and right things, you will know who the local Lord is. You will know who the peasants are. You can, you know, go right down to the, the, the most infinitesimal like details. It is, I always say to people, Harnmaster is playing a book. It's, it's so much more like playing um, Pillars of the Earth or... Um, That's not just a book. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, you know, the, by Ken Follett or, yes. um, or the Saxon Tales by uh, Cornwell or... Um, yeah, it, it, it's really so much more like playing a book. And if you, if you, <laughs> if you do it all random... It's one of those like '80s games that, <laughs> that that you can end up seriously fudged before before the end of character creation. Like you could roll so badly, you could be a slave who had the pox and was you know abducted by pirates, and you know you you could end up missing an eye before the game, before the game even begins because uh -huh. you play a life. You literally, in character creation, you decide how old you want to be when the game begins, and and you you quick play through that through that time period. Uh, for instance, one of my uh, favorite characters ever was Tam the Clutch. Okay, he was he was born a slave. He ran away. He made it to the big city. He didn't get caught and sent back and whipped or whatever for being a, an escaped slave. He spent, he had to spend like four years as a longshoreman before he could finally get on board a ship and become a real sailor. Oh. Became a sailor, was a sailor for five years, and then, <laughs> and then ended up at a port and became a pimp. And he was a pimp for two years. And um, so, but he had, along the way, he had learned to read. And in this game, the, the ability to read made you someone special. So this, this sailor pimp scumbag character who was an alcoholic um, literally had, uh, you know, would... would go to people when people would like you know get out of here you bum he'd be like 
what does that say? You know, pointing to a sign or something, and the person would be like, I don't care what it says. And he says, yes, of course you don't. And he would pull that highbrow thing on people all the time. Anyway, like I said, Harnmaster is really, it's really playing a, a book. It's got so much, so much depth and things. And it's one of those that it's so... If you just looked at it and tried to create a character, you would be like, the great Cthulhu madness would ensue. You would, <laughs> doors have been opened that should not. Why did we break this ancient seal? But, but if someone there is there to help you and walk you through it, you go, oh, really? That's, that's what that is? Oh, cool. Well, and that reminds me of a lot of the RPGs I played through college. Mm-hmm. I understood enough to play them, but there's mm-hmm. no way I could have played them or run them on my own. There were yeah. there was just too much nuance. Plus, it's also neat too because I know that Traveler yes. has that same or had that same. I don't know if yes. Traveler is still current. Um, hey, let's see what happened to you on your way here with oh by the way, there's a five percent chance you're gonna die. <laughs> exactly. Um, and you have to start your character it. over. Yeah. Um, and even I just noticed because I got it for Christmas, but I never cracked it. Um, yeah. Xanthabar's Guide to Everything for mm. fifth edition D&D has yeah. that here. Let's roll randomly to see what happened to you before you became an adventurer. Right. So yeah, you, they, they, those are, these are elements that are still moving in still part of modern gaming, even right. if they're not necessarily like front and center, they're definitely yeah. in the mix. Um, so, and I'm going to tie this into Morrowind. Um, <laughs> so, so, uh, the, the, the thing is, is that it's, like I said, if you have someone who knows how to play and they explain it to you, it, it, you, it, it becomes like, oh, that's easy, you know, but getting there is hard. Now, again, I say it's like playing a book because things like, I always tell the story, my buddy who was a knight. He had rolled as a noble and blah, blah, blah. And he started the game with chain mail, you know, and stuff. And he got hit and took a wound. It got infected and he spent a month in game time, (laughs) a month dying of sepsis and and his character died and he never went back. He would, he would never to this day will never ever play Harnmaster because of that. Because he wants to be a hero and he wants to take a health potion and jump back up off the ground and go. This is a game where it's the journey that matters. You know, it's, Hmm. it's the, it's the, how do I survive? What is going on? And there's machinations and politics. And uh, to put it this way, Tam, eventually the way Tam died was a, an assassin's cult had captured him and they were using him as a, a, a trial for their new recruits. But in cult lore, if you can defeat seven of their recruits, you become a recruit. You become an assassin. They just let you in. So if seven of their their students can't defeat you, you 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 now are accepted into the cult. That's awesome. Ham died, 
surrounded by five dead assassins in a in a pitch black maze, you know, with one of their daggers in his hands when he finally like bled out and and stuff. So he was like one or two assassins away from becoming an assassin, you know, and stuff. So yeah, so like I said, the book the the game itself is it's it's huge it's gigantically huge but if you ever get to a convention and someone is running harn master and they can just slide you a character sheet and you can play play harn master yeah so. i I'm, I'm totally down with that as a like yeah that's it sounds amazing and again the the elements that we see in the modern gaming make a lot of, like you can see their roots mm -hmm. in this kind of like historical look of, at rpgs um as well as just like some neat elements there where there's a lot of fun. I think there's a lot too to be said to games that have a really high complexity, especially compared to, I mean, all things considered, 5th edition AD&D is super, super streamlined compared yeah. to what else has been out there. Yeah. And so, uh, real quick, as an example, the thing is, is... Um, it's got that Game of Thrones element because technically, with the right roll, you could take down a dragon with a single shot. Black Arrow, fly true! You know, I it, it um, there used to be a blog out there. I think it was called The Weatherman's Tale. And it was this guy writing about his Harn campaign. And and it's, it's it gives a better example of 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 harn than i could ever explain one last thing about harn i know i'm getting i'm i'm taking oh, no, away no, no, hunk please, of time no. but um there is a bit in the book and i can never do it justice but i'm gonna try they explain the difference between harn and other rpgs <laughs> you come towards the town gate the town guard whoa 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 where's the war what? What do you mean? I mean, the armor and the weapons, I, I, you don't have noble insignia. Well, these are to, to protect myself. Wait, well, that's what us guards are for. This is a city. This <laughs> isn't some wilderness. Well, but what if I had to protect myself from bandits? Well, then you call the guards, you know, and it just it just goes on and on. And it's just such a such a great a great cross section of, like I said, the difference between playing a fantasy game and playing like a, a medieval novel with fantasy elements. It, that is the big difference. It's, you know, well, we'll hold your weapons until you get, leave the city. Thank you very much. You know, type thing. Um, and, uh, the first time my friend played it, I, I may have told this story before, but he was the local Lord's houndskeeper hmm. and, and he mouthed off to the local Lord and the local Lord backhanded him. And this guy had never played really, he'd played like maybe a half dozen sessions of D and D before. And, and he swore vengeance upon that Lord as a character, you know, yep. and, and that's more like a book. You know, because absolutely would never happen in D D. Well, and more like a a Game of Thrones or mm -hmm. a Pillars of Eternity yeah. or a, a medieval drama that plays out over generations. Yes. Than say a um, 
anything by uh, Mercedes Lackey. Mm. <laughs> Robert Jordan? Or Robert Jordan. <laughs> or okay. Tracy Hickman. Or Margaret Weiss. Where it's Our like, Salvador. <laughs> yeah. The, these, are, these are like, you know, oh, our scrappy band of adventurers are going to go out and do the thing. Yeah. Um, my la this is kind of like we're we're gonna have to wrap up soon. Yep. Obviously, yep. we have still have a ton of games to talk about that are not D and D yep. that we've enjoyed. I'm gonna wrap up on um, one of the notes that I one of the games that I played a bit in college. I keep on my shelf. I cannot wait to run it at the friendly local game store as a. I'm bored, so I'm gonna spend a few minutes writing up a post because tomorrow night we're gonna play this, mm. and that is. Teenagers from outer space. <laughs> um, the premise of this game is that aliens have found Earth. Oh, hey, CJ. Mm. And have Ooh. decided that they um, want to offer us our technology if the Earthlings can do one thing for them. Mm. Help them manage their teenagers. Because unlike the rest of the universe, we have solved the teenager problem by inventing high school. Right. So aliens from around the galaxy come to Earth just to put their kids in our high schools. Yep. And they bring all of their high technology with them. Um, it's pretty much, now that I'm a little more removed from it, it's pretty much a game of trying desperately to get laid and failing at every turn. And and that is like the, the whole premise. And the thing is, mechanically, it's not really a game. Right. Uh, your character has um, a handful of stats, which are numbers. And then you roll a D6 and yep. add it to your stat. Yeah. And that I, is the whole and the short of the mechanics. I got to play it in a one shot over on Laugh Love Lindy's uh, oh, yeah. channel. And and so yeah, I I have played it. I have never looked at it or run it. It was more of a here is a character sheet. Here's I mean, it took like seconds really to make up for the thing. I will uh, if I can find it. I will post in a Discord or maybe a tweet uh, a picture of the day we played. I took my hair and made a mohawk and and wore my wore my old army jacket and stuff. So it was it was a lot of fun. Uh, I can I can. I hope that you get your day at the table with that and, and just have a great time. Well, and it's it, the reason I pull it out as a game that's not D&D that I like is it's it's one of my favorite games I've played, kind of like Paranoia, where it's not meant to be taken seriously. It's not one where you say, am I going to win? It's meant to be, um, and especially now that I'm older, um, mm -hmm. I can appreciate the drama of being a teenager with a little more distance. <laughs> like yes. the 20 year old me was still very much in a teenager mindset. Yeah. The 40 year old me is very much in the, what an idiot those <laughs> 20 year olds are. Um, I see uh, an affection for everyone that's hanging out in our I, chat, we, 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 but we love, love you. But as you get older, you look at your 20 year old self and go, Oh God, why did I think that was smart? <laughs> Why did I think, or more importantly, and now this is legit adult advice or aged advice, I should say, a legit elder advice. You look at your 20, 20 year old self and you think, why did I think that was important? And that's the biggest thing as, as an elder gamer, how many hours I put into things in my 20s that were just not important. No effect on my life now. 
but they did make you the person you are today they did so they did but this this is just a great it's a fun fluffy it's easy to put on the game table it's easy to explain to an here's i almost pulled off tune i have tune Mm. i've had tune since the 90s yeah but this i think is even easier to put in front of a non-gamer to say we're gonna play a role-playing game tonight it's called teenagers from outer space space. and because you can pitch the the universe to them Mm -hmm. it's high school yeah with aliens and everyone has pretty much been in high school unless you got a middle schooler at the table (laughs) well if you got a middle schooler at the at the at the uh at the table don't don't play this. Right. They won't okay. get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Gotcha, um, gotcha. That's like, and again, and, and things too, it's like they make a great point in here about the fact that it's supposed to be about comedy mm. and and fun. And I don't know if I can find it on the fly. I should have bookmarked it. Um, but it has to do with the idea of it, it, failure is funny. It's a big, mm. big trope that they go to in here. Um, and they hit on some other tropes. For example, one of the, the fun lore bits is that no one has ever seen the high school principal. <laughs> Every, everyone has seen mm. the vice principal. He's who you go to when you're in trouble. But right. nobody goes to the principal. Right. And those who do come back visibly disturbed, unable to talk about the experience. <laughs> um, which is one of, one of those like, <laughs> Okay, that's a. I like that trope. That's a fun mm-hmm. trope. I keep that trope for other games that I play yeah. that are not this. Um, so it's it's a lot of fun to, to go to. I, I think it's a it's an amazing game. It's a lot of fun. It's like my my top pick of um, fun games to reference and bring up. Yeah, you had a pinned thing. I want to make sure we get to before. We run out of uh, run out of time. You said pin it for the end. We did. It was oh um yeah. Our, we had a question from the chat, which is a good one to um to bring up. That was if you could only play one game for the rest of your between the two, Morrowind or Skyrim. Oh, okay. what would you pick? Um, I. I would have to go with Skyrim almost almost exclusively for fast travel. Um, also, too, I know how to break Skyrim. Never go to the first tower. If you never go to the first tower, the dragons don't enter the world. And you, oh. can, you, can, <laughs> you can literally play out the rest of the game and never see a dragon until unless you accidentally go by that tower and then the encounter starts and then you'll be very angry at yourself for forgetting that that you're not supposed to go there um yeah so skyrim and it's so modded and has so much dlc at this point uh morrowind uh literally has been deemed the walking simulator the fantasy walking simulator and um yeah it really it really needed a fast travel um component but i do like the open open end of it um what i liked about the game in between uh oblivion 
Oblivion played a lot like Harn. You had a birth sign and the time of year mattered and and uh, a bunch of other stuff along those lines. So for me, I, I would pick I would pick Skyrim. I I think um for the uh modability, I would take Skyrim as well. I feel like if I can only have one forever, um that would be my go-to just because I know that that uh those mods are out there that just keep at they, there's just so much more modability. I would probably keep playing that indefinitely. Like I would just yeah. stay with that for ever um yeah. which is a lot of fun um but that's I mean, between the two there's whole youtube channels who are <laughs> who are just dedicated to the mods of skyrim <laughs> have you tried you say there's no fast travel but have you tried super buffing your strength and jumping across the map <laughs> okay that's legit if you if you if you want to if you want to break things a little bit um i can see that um <laughs> So, um, but yeah, that, that'd be, I think those are, I think we're both the Skyrim people. I do appreciate Morrowind. Mm -hmm. I think it's a great title in the, the, the journey of video games because yes. it laid the foundation for the mods that mm -hmm. went on to become what we saw in Skyrim and for taking those mods and dialing it up to 11. Yeah. And just really adding so much to a game. Um, as a user, even more than they were doing with like never winter nights said, go off and make a module. Here's right. a toolkit. And then they made a campaign in the toolkit. Right. Whereas Skyrim said, here's an awesome game. And now we're going to figure out with the tools we, we learned about in Morrowind, how to help you customize the game right? and go a step further with it all. I mean, yeah, just terrain mods alone. Mm -hmm. are, are mind-boggling you know the trees and the flowers and and making everything you know pop and sunlight effects and you can you can just push and push and push till your system literally can't handle it anymore you it's know rendering it's, too much it's so gorgeous you know yeah so. i hear you um so what have you got coming up this week what's your big uh highlights you want to talk about before we wrap up today and and go home and in some cases cook dinner exactly um so uh i believe sorry wow oh, bourbon's kept catching up to me um <laughs> uh i believe we have masks this thursday over on indoor adventures uh channel we are back uh at that's 8 30 uh eastern standard time for um masks the next generation and then um, where, where poor Gold Gauntlet, Golden Gauntlet, my character, will be, uh, will be finding out that, that his love and rival are, are getting together and uh, someone will in, indubitably mumble the, the, the meme phrase, Harold, they're lesbians. Um, that, will, that will definitely be muttered on Thursday. And then Sunday morning, Sunday, 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 10 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, I will be playing with all my uh, all my toys and we will be playing uh, Grifflands again. I, I always get excited when um, the developer 
um, you know, likes my posts when I when I put out a post about playing. So I uh, I, I love it. And then back here on Tuesday. Simple, easy peasy schedule for streaming right now. Someday I'll be doing five games a week again. We'll see that when that happens. <laughs> That's it for me. Cool. I've well for me Wednesday night, tomorrow night, seven PM oh no, seven thirty to eight o'clock ish we're gonna start. We're starting late because my son has an orchestra concert. Mm. And I can't I don't wanna cancel. Mm-hmm. Because it's not going to go that late, but I do. I did email the the teacher to say so. I I need to know when I'm going to be home, because yeah. I have a tutoring assignment I want to try to keep. Because mm. I don't dare say I run a D and D game, um, <laughs> and we're we're going off script. This is the one where it's like, okay, Jansen's demons manifest in the shadow fell, and I mm. expected them all to go. Oh, that's really interesting. Not <laughs> if they've manifested, I can kill them. We need to stay until I've killed them. And it's like, oh, did not plan for that, but we can try. Um, Sure. So I've had to write some stuff. I think I've got some good stuff brewed for them. Uh, We'll see. We'll see if my game lasts this week. Yeah. Um, yeah, They have their first experience of of me writing expressly for them. Scenery of Skyrim is very distinct. Yeah, though that's fair. That's fair. That it is. It is Skyrim. It's not like Elder Scrolls Online where you really get the full pantheon. Um, Friday night, I know I have allocated time that I want to play some more Mass Effect um, Legendary. I know I'm probably playing that Saturday night um, mm. as well. So I want to get some time in on that. And then Sunday, we're continuing with Curse of Strahd. They've yeah. met Irina. They've met Strahd. They're right oh, ahead nice. of Barovia. Oh yeah, Strahd showed up at the the funeral for the Burgomaster in my game. Ah. I decided to go the opposite. A lot of people say, "Oh, reveal him very late." I'm like, "No, no, 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 no. I want him front and center at the very beginning, where you're like, oh, this is the guy we're up against." Right, right, this, right. So that every time he mucked with them, they remember this is the guy that showed up at the funeral and was like the ultimate jerk gentleman. Right. Oh, nice. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. We, because apparently I can, I can't flirt when I DM and roleplay, yeah. but apparently I can do jerk gentleman really well. Yeah, good, good. <laughs> so that that's what I've got coming. I'm going to shut down the the my first giveaway using stream bots, mm-hmm. um, and it seems to be pretty good. And there we go. Woo-hoo! That worked out. Third tier. Um, you're on our Discord, so send me an address, and I'll ship you some stickers. Um, congratulations. Oh, thank yes. you for, thank you for being a regular here. It's great to have you in, in all, in, in many of our streams. Um, uh, but you will be getting a uh, Lantern Noir branded, uh, rainbow D twenties. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we're going to be back next week. I think next week, I, can we just say now that next week we're going to be doing our review of the Van Vrichten <laughs> book? Can we just get that out of the way? I, I guess, I guess we'll, we'll, maybe we'll give some, some snippets and, and bits and bobs, uh, to, okay. to get the hype train going the, you know, like, did you read chapter six? You know, that kind of thing, uh, for, for our, our normal planning sessions on, uh, on Monday and Tuesday. Absolutely. So. so if you're listening to the podcast, thank you for listening. We appreciate you coming along. Please consider leaving a review on Apple Podcasts so that other people can find this podcast for themselves. The biggest problem with this, sometimes without those reviews, things get lost in the shuffle. We so appreciate you having you here. Until next time, please, please stay safe.